Hey, it's me. I hope you've been well. This week, I'd like to talk about what it's like to be a K-pop stan and the stigma that exists with that. I think there are a lot of people who hear the words K-pop stan and immediately their mind goes to this idea of these annoying and horrible people. And they don't want to bother to dive any deeper into those thoughts or question why they have these preconceived ideas. And honestly, I find it tiring and annoying to have to deal with this stigma. Not only are many of these ideas and opinions just plain wrong, they're rooted in racism, xenophobia, and misogyny. First, I'd like to talk about this idea that K-pop is a machine and the idols are all contract slaves, so supporting this industry is wrong. Personally, I never understood people saying and spreading this idea as if it's not something that's common in the West, too. And honestly, this statement comes off as extremely ignorant and racist. It's along the same vein of the idea that the United States is such an advanced country and other countries aren't as developed as we are and oh wow, look at us and how amazing we are. As if we don't have many problems ourselves and many things that are incredibly outdated and backwards that currently exist in our own country. It's very interesting to me that people are always talking about how these idols are created in a way that compares them to robots or like they're being made in a factory. As if training to become something your whole life is an odd thing. Didn't you study a certain job or craft for years and years in order to become proficient and even advanced in your career? I did. My degree is a BFA in acting for film and TV, and I studied everything I could about this craft for four years. I trained and focused on it, and I'm sure you have some sort of hobby or career that you've studied and trained in for at least some time as well. And there are other countries that start kids on their career path a lot earlier than the U.S. does. It's not entirely uncommon. I mean, it logically makes sense that the more you practice and train and study a certain thing, the better you will get at it. It's not some weird ideology. I'd also like to point out the language that's typically used as well. Calling these people machines and robots and saying they go through K-pop factories is extremely racist and problematic. And it traces back to Orientalism and more specifically techno-Orientalism, which is essentially just a tactic of othering through stereotyping and characterizing East Asians as not as human as Western and European people. It's dehumanizing. And this also ties into the idea of calling K-pop stands bots. This is linked to the stereotyping as well, and reads as problematic and racist and xenophobic not only because it's related to K-pop, but also because you need to keep in mind that a lot of these stands are East Asian themselves. Why are so many K-pop stands labeled as bots, but stands of Western artists or even other things like sports are never referred to as such? As for the idea of these idols being contract slaves and that supporting this industry is wrong on a moral level, while there have been instances of abuse and mistreatment in the K-pop industry, the problem with this contract slave idea is that it is not a problem that only exists in the K-pop industry. There have been plenty of Western artists that have come forward about their own contracts and not having full creative control or ownership over their own music. Look at Taylor Swift and what happened with a ton of her own discography after the Scooter Braun fallout. Thinking that these problems only affect the K-pop industry is othering, and leans itself into the idea that East Asian people are not able to take care of themselves and that they can't even see that they're being mistreated and oh no, we have to save and help them. I think it's foolish to believe that if all of these things were true, there would still be so many idols who stay in the industry and continue to join the industry. It's looking down on these artists and dehumanizing and infantilizing them. 
and it's ignoring the fact that these problems exist in the music industry at large and also means that we aren't doing anything to fix the problem as a whole and instead keeping it at an arm's length by associating it with only a specific group. Continuing to obsess over the dark side of K-pop is just a white savior idea. As for the stands themselves, I've heard tons of people talk about and reference how annoying they are in terms of fan cams and promoting those videos. People think that constantly spamming fan cams is annoying, which yes, it definitely can be. However, as much as we'd like to pretend it isn't, it is a legitimate way to promote your favorite artist or group. If you don't like them, don't watch them. You're not the intended audience then. It's not like the video itself is bad or hurting anyone, it's simply promotion, and promotions are targeted whether you can see that or not, or whether they intended it to be or not. Just like if you see a commercial or an ad and it doesn't speak to you or it's for a product you're not interested in, you're not going to talk about how awful the brand is or how horrible the people who like that brand are just because you didn't like the commercial. But why would you do the same when fan cams are being used in this way? And the promotion is necessary. Even now, in 2021, K-pop is still considered a niche genre by so many, especially for radio here in the US. If we don't promote our faves, who will? Because ultimately, we want them to succeed. The racism and xenophobia these artists face does not go away simply because they are known in the K-pop industry, whether they're a bigger group or smaller group. And the fact that it's K-pop does not absolve the people in the industry or people bashing on the music or the fans from the racist and xenophobic comments they make. We have to promote them because this industry already starts them 50 feet behind every Western act. And K-pop fans are no longer the only stands who do this. Western stands do these too now. I mean, what they promote are typically edits and not actual fan cams, but they're doing the same, so why are K-pop stands the only ones getting criticized for it? I mean... The answer is quite obvious to me. Also, promotion isn't the only reason these fan cams and edits get posted. There's a reason why these tweets get so many retweets and likes, and it's because the fans like to see them. We are the intended audience, and we love to see the people we love performing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'd like to touch on the topic of streaming as well. K-pop stands, but more specifically ARMY, which is the fan name for BTS stands, have been under fire for being bots and streaming and buying too much which leads to so-called inorganic results on the charts. As of now, BTS have had their summer single Butter sitting at the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for the last four consecutive weeks. But I don't understand why ARMY are being called out for simply streaming. We host streaming parties with tons of people joining in, and we encourage each other to stream constantly. But what's really wrong with that? What's inorganic about that? Think about it. Do you have an artist you really like? Someone whose entire discography you could listen to all day long and never get tired of? Or even just a favorite playlist of songs from a couple different artists you love that you like to play whenever you clean or go for a drive or work out? When you listen to that, you're streaming. That's all it is, listening to music. I stream because I like listening to BTS's music. If you don't like to listen to one artist's music for a whole day or even just a few hours during that day because they don't have enough good music for that, then just say that. There's no need to project. Because I'm over here listening to one of the many streaming playlists I've made and having the time of my life. Like, if you're so mad about us streaming our favorite artists and helping them top the charts, then instead of complaining about us, why don't you just go stream your own favorite artist yourself? And our streaming parties aren't just a streaming tactic. They're fun. Haven't you ever listened to music in the car with your friends and you're all jamming out and having a blast? 
Or maybe you really love concerts and everyone's vibing to the same songs at the same time and dancing together. Essentially, that's all we're doing except it's online. It's a streaming party and that word isn't used lightly because it's really fun to see everyone talking about the same song at the same time. It's a party. And especially during a time where concerts aren't really possible, streaming parties help fill that void, at least for me. Now maybe you'd argue, but you listen to the same songs a bunch of times on that playlist. That's not normal. Have you never experienced wanting to loop a song? The song is so good, you just want to listen to it over and over. Same thing, except I'm doing it in a way that will benefit the artist who made the song. It's really not that weird. Well, what about the buying parties? Again, this is a way to support the artist making the art that I love so much so that they may continue to make more of the art I'm enjoying. And recently, um, Trevor Noah on The Daily Show was talking about how streaming services don't compensate musicians fairly. So while streaming is really important and it definitely helps for the charts, buying music is what really, really helps these artists continue to support themselves and do what they love to do, which in turn makes you happy and gives you something that you're able to enjoy. Well, the buying parties aren't natural, you might say. Which, sure, I guess I could agree with that to a certain extent, but you know what I think is even more unnatural? When a company pays a ton of money to a radio station to bump their artist's song in order to secure a higher spot on the charts. In one case, you have hundreds of thousands of fans buying the music from an artist they love and supporting them, and in the other, a label, a company, buying out slots for their artist and paying off people to boost their song. I don't know about you, but one situation seems a lot more inorganic to me than the other. And again, there's a reason we do this. Because the industry still has a lot of growing to do. The xenophobia and racism that run rampant in the industry has yet to be looked at or touched. The first time a BTS song got a decent amount of radio play was when the song was in English. And you can't sit there and tell me it's because of a lack of demand and when they just had an online concert that garnered over 1 million paid viewers. And the one they had when Dynamite came out had a whopping 756,000 viewers. And those numbers only include the people who bought the tickets. I personally bought a ticket for both events, but my sister and mom joined me in watching the first concert, and my mom, my sister, and her two friends joined us for the most recent concert. So that means those official numbers are only the people who bought the tickets. It does not include everyone who watched it, depending on how many people were watching that screen with that person. And those are already some extremely high record-breaking numbers, and that's for an online concert. They sold out their previous stadium tour and were on track to sell out the next worldwide stadium tour before COVID hit. How could there be a lack of demand for a group that has an audience this large? That just doesn't make any logical sense. So I don't think it's odd or inorganic or unfair that the stands are out here trying to level the playing field for the artists we love and support. I think people are just mad that we have enough power to actually make a difference and that we're beating the western side of this industry at their own game, even when we are throwing new rules left and right. Even when western stands team up together with each other, and sometimes even with other K-pop stands to try and block us. People also like to say that K-pop stands are so toxic, which, sure, that can be true for a loud minority of us, just as it can be said that that is true for really any large fandom, K-pop or otherwise. I also know that K-pop stands generally have a bad rap on Twitter because of troll accounts. 
a lot of the times people who aren't even k-pop stands will create fake accounts and dress them up to look like a k-pop stands account in order to make horrible and disgusting comments on a number of things in a number of ways but if you were to take the time to actually look at these accounts you'd probably see that they have no following were made recently and have barely any tweets aside from the ones picking fights or saying rude things but these are the tweets that end up gaining traction because so many people want to prove to themselves and the world how horrible K-pop stands can be. But like I said, the K-pop sphere is not the only place this happens. Plenty of stands or troll accounts in the gamer world or anime world have this exact same problem, but it's not ever pointed out to the same degree that it is for K-pop stands. It's not a problem that solely exists with K-pop stands. Now, why do you think that it gets pointed out and focused on here and not in those other worlds? I would say it's largely because K-pop stands are perceived to be mostly young girls. And this heavily influences the way these fandoms are treated. And this isn't a phenomenon that solely affects K-pop. It affects other fandoms too and even other interests that are perceived to be followed by mostly female audiences. The way that the media and other people talk about these stands would never happen for people in other fan spaces that are typically perceived as male-dominated. Take sports for instance. When BTS stands were lined up waiting for a concert in New York, they were scoffed at and ridiculed for their ridiculous dedication, and many people were complaining about how they would probably leave a mess behind in the city. But when we see sports fans rioting because their team lost, or won, and starting literal fires or breaking windows or rolling cars over, these events rarely get brought up time and time again when discussing these sports fans. They don't get held over sports fans' heads. They happen, and are maybe reported on, maybe, and then forgotten. Why is that? Why are we so quick to dismiss and forget and forgive these events, but when these K-pop stands line up for something, which... By the way, for this particular event, many stands stayed behind after the event and helped clean up, but we keep that in the back of our minds when thinking of K-pop stands in general, that they're crazy and do crazy things and leave a mess everywhere they go. If you think it's weird to see a bunch of people lined up a day before a concert so that they can get the closest spot to the stage, why don't you also find it odd to see people lining up to buy the newest iPhone? If it seems odd to you when someone gets tattoo related to their favorite K-pop artist, then why don't you so much as blink when someone has a tattoo to represent their favorite sports team or video game or anime? If you see one tweet from a K-pop account making a homophobic remark and then decide to label all K-pop stands as homophobic, then why don't you do the same when you see a single tweet from a sports fan account or an anime stan account? If you base all of your opinions for one group of people from a single account or a single experience, then do you do that for everyone, every single stan group you see? Oftentimes, when a fandom is female-dominated, especially when it appears to be dominated by young girls, these fandoms are looked down upon because there's no way that something that's liked by mainly women, especially if those women are young, can actually be good. That's how our society views these things. And if you'll notice, I specifically mentioned sports, gaming, and anime, which are typically viewed as male-dominated hobbies. It might also be good to take notice that when women are interested in these particular hobbies, they are usually either said to be doing it purely for male attention or looked down upon and assumed to have next to no knowledge on the subject by their male peers. I would say this is largely due to the male ego and fragile masculinity, because when a woman enjoys the same hobby as a man, it is perceived as a threat. 
because how could a woman be smart enough and interesting enough to enjoy the same hobby as a man? It threatens the patriarchy when this happens, which further enforces the idea that women are not equal to men and therefore cannot enjoy the same hobbies or even good hobbies. Like the amount of men who like to say that women are ruining anime or that women only watch bad romance anime. Like, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad, and just because majority women like it doesn't mean it's bad. Why is it weird for me to set aside time and maybe even have a get-together to watch an online concert of my favorite K-pop group with my friends, but it's not weird for you to have a Super Bowl party? Aren't we both just setting aside time with our friends and family to enjoy something we all like together? And whether K-pop is a female-dominated interest or not doesn't matter, because there are indeed plenty of older fans, and fans who aren't women, but what matters is that you respect someone's interests and hobbies regardless of the perceived idea of who enjoys that interest. If it's not hurting anyone, then why does it matter? And why does it bother you so much to the point you have to ridicule and mock the people who enjoy that thing? It just reads as insecure and tone-deaf to me. I'd also like to quickly mention that some people like to say that K-pop stands are always canceling someone. Many times, these are done because of racist remarks. Back when the H3H3 issue happened, many stands were upset because the comments made were racist and xenophobic and misogynistic, and it was necessary to point out this awful comment and call for this person to be held accountable for what they said. A recent incident I can think of is when a German radio host made some extremely racist and xenophobic remarks about BTS, and ARMY were calling for the radio station to fire the host and cancel his show if he did not apologize for what he did. We campaigned for over two weeks, I believe, trending hashtags daily so the radio station would see what we were saying, and ultimately, it worked, and this racist no longer has a large platform to spread his horrible ideals. In my experience, almost every time K-pop stands have called for the examination and apology of a person or group, it has been because of something racist or xenophobic or homophobic or misogynistic or something else just as awful was said or done. And in that case, you have to remember that K-pop stands aren't some foreign entity, they're just people. People who come from all kinds of backgrounds and who belong to many groups, often marginalized groups. So if we are offended by something, it's almost always because of something tied to a bigger picture than just K-pop or because someone said they don't like the group we stand. I've seen this said many times on Stan Twitter, not only in relation to radio hosts or Western artists, but also K-pop groups as well, that we are humans before we are K-pop stands. We are people. If a person does something wrong that negatively affects a group we belong to as humans, we will not hesitate to point it out, just as we would in relation to anything else. I wouldn't expect all hard rock stands to be the same exact way and think the same exact way, so why would that idea be applied to K-pop stands? K-pop stands are a very diverse group of people. You should not lump us all together. And honestly, when you get down to it, if you were to examine other fandoms, both music-related and not, we all do the same things. We all scream over and feel roller coasters of emotion over the things and people we love. We all spend money we have, and sometimes maybe don't have, on merchandise to support what we love and show off our love for our passion. We all get a little crazy over it sometimes, maybe even obsessive. We all find and create our own communities with other people who love what we love. As long as what we love doesn't harm someone else, I don't see why anyone should be judged for it. It's really awful to feel like you have to hide a part of yourself and something you love purely because there's a ton of negative stigma around it. Like, why was there such a fuss after the BTS meal at McDonald's was announced and people were talking about how workers were going to quit and how awful BTS stands would be? 
when just recently with the Travis Scott meal, people were being awful in the drive-thrus and blasting music, and that was barely touched upon aside from mostly being joked about. Army were all telling each other to make sure we were extra patient and kind to the workers, but we were the ones people assumed would be horrible. It just kind of blows my mind. So maybe keep this in mind the next time you hear about K-pop stands or find out someone you know is a K-pop stand. We're just normal people who happen to like and be passionate about a certain genre of music. That's all. Try to keep any preconceived notions out of it. And if you have a hobby or something else you're passionate about, whether it's K-pop or something else, as long as you're not harming anyone, you shouldn't be ashamed about it. Promote that new song that just came out. Make a post about the new episode of the anime you love. Wear that sports jersey or t-shirt with pride. If it makes you happy and doesn't harm anyone, there's no shame in it. It's your own little happiness, and nothing should spoil that for you. And if someone makes fun of you for it, then send them my way and I'll scold them or something. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. See you next time. Love, Michaela.